You are listening to the podcast of the Y Church of the Elk River YMCA in Minnesota. Our mission is to seek Jesus, connect together, and share his love. We'll be looking at the book of Habakkuk for our scripture reading, so I invite JC to come and share with us. Habakkuk might be a, an unfamiliar book, so that's a little hint of where we are. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Thank you, JC. So here we are looking again at the prophet Habakkuk. And this might be not as known of a person or book to us, so it's a wonderful opportunity to gather around it together to learn a little bit more about it this morning. And for example, the last 12 books of the Old Testament are referred to as the minor prophets. Minor not because they're less important nor less significant, but just comparatively they are shorter in length. I'd like to start by recognizing that things do not always go as hoped for or desired. We talked around the table about times when things didn't go as you hoped for, and perhaps that was more a lighthearted conversation. Maybe you dug into some deeper memories too. But we can all relate to those times in our life where things just are not as they should be. And they can be very, very challenging and hard to go through. Habakkuk, he was no stranger to this concept either. Just to give us a little context and significance of the person and the setting of Habakkuk, he was a prophet who lived during the final decade of Israel's southern kingdom in a time that was really marked by injustice and idolatry. Again, the people of God, Israel, they had gone astray from how God was directing and leading them. Habakkuk prophesied sometime just before the rise of the Babylonian Empire, so maybe it was around 600 B.C., keeping in mind that Babylonian captivity of Israel occurred some years later. A common theme woven throughout Habakkuk is this. Sustain loyal trust in God, even when our faith may be tested. Sustain loyal trust in God, even when our faith may be tested. In Habakkuk's context, one of the serious challenges being faced was oppression and enemy invasion. Stakes were very high. The challenge was very great. Something for us to aim for in our lives is something that I heard a pastor say related to this passage is if everything is taken and I still have God, I will rejoice. Again, JC read from Habakkuk 3 and those final three verses of that chapter. And just so we can get an idea of kind of orienting ourselves in the whole book, Habakkuk does not challenge a nation or a people group. And that's pretty unique as a prophet. The book instead is entirely a dialogue, this conversation between Habakkuk and God. The book tells of Habakkuk's personal struggle, his journey of trying to believe that God is good when there's so much tragedy in the world. Habakkuk's words are poems of lament similar to laments that we'd read in the Psalms. 
So basically what that means is that Habakkuk is presenting a complaint, presenting something to God, drawing his attention to a, a certain injustice and demanding that God do something about it. There are three chapters in Habakkuk. It's very short. Read. Those first two are this back and forth between God and Habakkuk. Habakkuk lodges these two complaints, and, and God responds to both. That first one simply is that life in Israel is not going well at all due to neglect of Torah and due to tolerating injustice. So what God had given them to follow was not being followed. Instead, different choices were made, different paths were followed. And here, Habakkuk is struggling with that reality. Will God do something about it? God responds that, in fact, he is very aware of the corruption that's happening in Israel at that time. In fact, he will use Babylon to bring about his justice upon the people of Israel. Habakkuk has a problem with this because Babylon is doing worse things than Israel was doing. So how could God, perfectly holy and good, use such a corrupt nation as Babylon to be his instrument in this time? And Habakkuk waits for God's response. Even though it may seem slow in coming, God's response will eventually come to fruition. The righteous person will live by their faith in this hope and vision. And what is that divine promise? God will bring Babylon down. God may use a corrupt nation, but he does not endorse nor condone what that nation Babylon was doing. They too were held accountable to God's justice. The final word is that Babylon will fall. When God confronts evil, he will save his people. He will save his anointed one. God will deliver his people. And we can remind ourselves of that exodus, of God's deliverance of people, of his people, out of enslavement in Egypt. Or in this case, that the promise that God would bring down Babylon, that his people would be delivered out of captivity that is yet to come. And when we think of deliverer on this side of the Bible, we think of Jesus being that deliverer, bringing out his people. God will once again defeat evil, bringing down the pharaohs and the Babylons of the world. God will bring justice to all people and rescue the oppressed and the innocent. Habakkuk declares joyful trust in God, even in the most discouraging and unpromising circumstances. So the chapter that we're looking at this morning is chapter 3, and it's really a prayer of Habakkuk. This morning, J.C. read those verses 17, 18, and 19, and it's the hope that's expressed in the preceding verses that come before them that enables Habakkuk to conclude with hopeful praise, that even if the world is falling apart, he will choose trust and joy in the covenant promises of God. Habakkuk is a shining example to us of how the righteous live by faith. He recognizes how dark and chaotic the world we live in and our lives can be. Habakkuk invites those who hear or read his words to enter into a journey of faith, trusting that God will deal with the evil in this world.
Habakkuk is talking about rejoicing in the Lord even when the circumstances around him are basically falling apart. I think we can all relate to stories in our life where it feels like everything's just falling apart around us. For Larissa and I, a personal story for us comes from in early on in our marriage that we had hoped and desired and planned that we would have our family grow from a husband and a wife to a mom and a dad and a baby. And yet, try as we might, hope as we might, for nearly three years that was not happening. And it was very difficult and confusing. And then two little lines changed our lives six years ago this month, early November. And we were elated, overjoyed about the life that was inside Larissa's womb. And it was our little secret. No one else knew about it. We were walking on cloud nine. And that height, that joyful experience, perhaps was only equaled by the devastating blow when we discovered that that life had ended, that pregnancy was no more. And that was a very challenging, difficult time for us some years ago in not understanding why that would be, how that could come about, and yet be ended so abruptly. In that time, I encountered this old Don Moen song. You might be familiar with the worship leader Don Moen. And it was a song called I Will Sing. And I remember hearing it right in the early days of discovering this news. And a few of the lyrics from that song go, I will sing, I will praise, even in my darkest time. Through the sorrow and the pain, I will sing, I will praise. Lift my hands to honor you, because your word is true, I will sing. All of our brokenness and loss is ultimately met in Jesus. God will one day bring about total restoration of his creation. Perfect justice, perfect health, perfect love, perfect eternal life will be experienced. And Christians get a foretaste of that in the here and now. We can turn to God with all of our hurt, all of our brokenness, all of our emptiness, and in exchange receive wholeness of relationship with God, eternal life, forgiveness of sin, hope and healing, and joy, peace and love. Jesus took on our worst so that we could have his best. All we have to do is offer ourselves to him, give ourselves to him, and receive what he has to offer us. This salvation, this rescue, comes about by God's grace, his unmerited favor extended to us through placing our faith in him and what he has done. And maybe you're sitting here today and you are in that valley currently. And that valley might seem very, very dark. It might seem very, very deep. It might seem to be never-ending. No matter where we are, we can trust in God, choosing him as our strength and trusting that he will enable us to come out of the valley to the high places. So we've looked at Habakkuk and what he's done, his personal response. But from that, what do we learn? What should we do? Habakkuk was talking not just about a bad day, but a terrible time. The fig tree, the fruit, and the olive represent the choicest products of the land, and they're gone. Habakkuk speaks of a time of death, of famine, and yet he can still rejoice in the Lord. So the question is, how can we do that? 
Surely all of us can also relate to dire circumstances, situations of loss. We can ask, what can we learn and apply from Habakkuk? There's three things at least we can draw from this passage of repeat, remember, and rejoice. We see that repetition in these verses. I will rejoice. I will be joyful. Repetition is extraordinarily important. Think of spiritual habits like prayer, worship, Bible study. Those aren't one-and-done activities. That through repetition, we can see growth. We can draw closer to the Lord. And in that repetition, we can repeat remembering. When nothing good seems to be happening in the moment, we can remind ourselves of all the things that God has done. This helps us get in touch with the goodness of God. And then to rejoice, to praise. How often are our prayers marked by rejoicing and praising? It's easy and good that our prayers would be marked with petitions, with requests, with even confession to God. But are we remembering to praise God as we talk to him? There's a difference between seeing God is good because circumstances are good and seeing God is good because that is who he is and going directly into encountering his nature and his character. And that surely is what Habakkuk tapped into. The book of Habakkuk starts with the question, how long, Lord? And maybe as we sit here today, we too are pondering that question, how long, Lord? How long, Lord, will these life circumstances be? How long will these physical conditions last? How long will the difficulty in this relationship last? How long, Lord, will I be out of work? And however the how long, Lord, may apply to your specific life. Habakkuk chose to praise God despite his circumstances. May we too follow his example, even if not especially when life is hard. Through repetition, let's remember and rejoice And we can get directly into contact with the goodness of God. Like Habakkuk, we can travel that journey from confusion to consolation. Now, a holiday devoted to giving thanks is nearly at our doorstep. What a timely reminder to live out the conclusion that Habakkuk came to. Yet I will rejoice. In fact, the prayer of Habakkuk in chapter 3 is musical in nature. It just reinforces even further the joy that can be experienced in this, what he has written. And it's easy for us to rejoice when life is going well and things are good. The real test, which Habakkuk encountered, is rejoicing in God even when things are awful. God is equally good in either kind of circumstance, and he is always worthy of praise. It is to our benefit even to recognize and focus on the goodness of God when things are not the way they should or could be. This recognition and focus can draw us closer to God. Now in this sermon series, last week, today, and next week, we are looking at this image, metaphor of deer that we find in Scripture. Last week, Bjorn shared about the heart, H-A-R-T, this red male deer referred to in Psalm 42. And this week's passage, in some translations, refers to a hind or a female deer, especially a a red deer. Now, the image, we could debate whether it's female or not. But either way, what a compliment and counterpart in this week's message to the passage we looked at last week. We can imagine this deer's gentleness, 
the smaller size, its graceful ability. Even when we are experiencing difficulty, God remains good, and we can trust him to enable us to be like the deer in this passage. One commentator noted how the image of treading on heights is one of victory and security, being sure-footed on difficult terrain. We can go to the high places and tread there because of God. We can remember and trust that God will help us to navigate in the times of sharp challenge in our lives. It's surely not by our own strength, nor by our own ability. Like Habakkuk, let us choose God. The sovereign Lord is my strength. So we have an opportunity to respond, something that we can take home with us this morning as we reflect on God's word to us from Habakkuk. So at the center of your table, you see on the blue cloth, there's some sticks. Feel free to take a stick and not even just hold it out. You can take it home with you. As you're holding it, feel its roughness. Notice its fruitlessness. And consider these questions with the Lord in this moment, in this week, in this season. Firstly, how will I respond to the places of disaster in my life? How will I respond to the emptiness, the brokenness? dryness, expectations not being met, hurt, lack, and loss in my life. Secondly, will I be joyful in the Lord in these circumstances? And will I allow him to empower me as frail as I may be? And to conclude with that thought we said from the beginning, if everything is taken and I still have God, I will rejoice. Something for all of us to hold on to, to process and press into. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the prophet Habakkuk and your activity in those circumstances he was in, the people of Israel encountered. Lord, thank you when when it feels like there's nothing left, when we know that things are not as we'd like them to be, however devastating that may be. Help us to turn to you, to rejoice in you, to choose joy that's not contingent on circumstances, to experience your goodness no matter what situations we find ourselves in. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Y Church podcast. For more information about the Y Church, check us out online at thewychurch.org.